0: story twelve of the human boy again by eden philpotts this Liberbox recording is in the public domain story twelve tompkins on tend cow Tinman chow was his proper name but we called him tend cow though he never much liked it and said that his father would have made it hot for us if we had been in china but we were at merivale school in england so we reckoned that tend cow was near enough that being good english anyway the chap was exactly the same color as the stomach of the guinea pig of vincent Peters, and his father was allowed to wear a gold button in his hat so he said that being a sign of a man who wrote books in china he wrote chinese books for a living and when we asked tind cow if his father could turn out stuff a patch on inty or main reed he said much better but he had to confess afterwards that his father was only doing a history of china in a hundred volumes or some such muck so evidently he was no real good for all his gold button when the kid first came to learn english and get english ideas owing to his father having convinced himself that chinese ideas were rotten he rather gave himself airs and seemed to think because he was somebody at peking he must be at merivale but the only person who made anything of him was the doctor he used to bring everything round to china even arithmetic and he evidently thought it was rather fine to have a mandarin son in the school especially as ten cow had brothers coming on who might follow what a mandarin is exactly ten Cow didn't know himself but he seemed to think they were about equal to dukes which of course must be nonsense because dukes can become kings in time whereas mandarins can't be emperors in fact the only mandarins i ever heard of till then were oranges he was a frightful liar but good as a maker of kites and brown the master in the lower form said that both things were common to the chinese character for mere lies we had fowl and steggles and others even better than tend cow because his knowledge of english wasn't up to lying without being found out for some terms but at kites he could smash anybody his kites in fact were corkers and he taught us to kite fight which is not bad sport when there's nothing better on chinese kites are very light and all made of tissue paper and cane or bamboo split up fine For a cane, Tend Cow had the beautiful cheek to go into Dr. Dunstan's study when he was reading prayers in the chapel and root about in the cane corner and steal a good specimen and hide it in the gym. That was the first thing that made me like the kid, but he said it was nothing and seemed surprised that I thought much of it he also said that over the pictures in a huge volume of shakespeare the doctor had was tissue paper of such a choice kind that it must undoubtedly be chinese and that if so it was the best in the world for kites he said that if i would allow him to be my chum he would get several sheets of this paper in a quiet moment and make me the best kite he had yet made well i never guessed then what a chinese kid really is in the way of being a worm so i agreed provided he made two kites and put my initials on them in silver paper from a packet of chocolate the initials of course being n t they stand for norman tompkins merely tompkins now but tompkins major next term when my young brother comes to merivale the chap was so frightfully keen to become my chum my being captain of the second footer eleven that he agreed to the two kites without a murmur and stole the tissue paper and used the cane for the framework so rather curiously the tissue paper from a swagger shakespeare and a bit of one of old dunstan's canes soared up to a frightful height over the school and it happened that the doctor saw it and little dreaming of what was soaring patted tinned cow on the head and greatly praised him and said that the art of kite-flying in china was tremendously ancient and that in the matter of kites as well as many other more important things china had instructed the world yet when fuller tried to sneak a quill pen for a private purpose believing the doctor was not in the study at the time whereas he had merely gone behind a screen to find a book Fuller got five hundred lines and the Eighth Commandment to translate into Latin and Greek and French and German, which shows that to be found out is its own punishment, as Steggles told Fuller afterwards. Well, I let Tend Cow be my chum and found him fairly decent, considering he was a Chinaman for two terms. Then he began to settle down and learn English and football, and say that Merivale was better by long chalks than China. In fact, he rather hated China, really, and said, except for toys and sweets and fireworks, that England was really far better. I may mention that his feet were small, but not like pictures, and he said that only wretched girls had their feet squashed in his country. He had a sister whose feet were squashed, and he said that she was pretty, which must have been another lie, because pictures show all Chinese women to be exactly, and hideously, all alike but he had to admit that english girls were prettier because trelawny made him and also said that he'd tattoo a lion and unicorn on the middle of his chest if he didn't so he yielded in fact he always yielded very readily to force though fowle often tried unknown to me to arrange a fight for him he had no idea even of doubling a decent fist and said that only wild beasts fight without proper weapons but once he took on bray with single sticks and they chose a half holiday and went into the wood by the cricket ground and fought well for two hours and a half and a bruise on a chinese skin is very interesting to see bray turned yellow then blue then deepened to black on the fourth day but tinned cow from the usual putty-like tint of his body went lead colour where bray whacked his arm and leg and tend cow's bravery surprised me but it was a draw and he assured me that he didn't care a bit about being alive and would have gone on hammering and being hammered until bray had killed him if necessary He said that in his country, when two chaps are going to fight, they begin by cutting frightful attitudes and standing in rum and awful positions, and sticking out their muscles and making faces like Ajax defying the lightning in the Dictionary of Antiquities. This the idiots do, each hoping to terrify the other chap, and funk him, and so defeat him without striking a blow tinned cow said that most battles were settled in this way and once when martin minimus called him a yellow weasel he puffed out his cheeks and frowned as well as you can without eyebrows and crooked his hands like a bird's claws and tried to horrify martin minimus which he did but it was young martin's first term and the kid was barely eight years old now i come to that little brute milly dunston the doctor's youngest daughter she didn't care much about tend cow at first for she always takes about three terms to see what a new chap is like but after the mandarin in china had sent dr Dunstan a gift of some rusty armor and screens and old religious books more like window blinds than decent books and a live chinese dog with a tongue like as if it had been licking ink then milly who's the greediest little hateful wretch even for a girl i ever saw suddenly dropped blount whose father was merely a lawyer and began to encourage tend cow like anything he didn't understand her character as i and a few other chaps did Bruce and Mathers and Fordyce knew her real nature, because she had pretty well absorbed all their pocket money for term after term, and so I told Tent Cow that her blue eyes and curls and little silly ways generally were simply a whitewashed sepulcher, and certainly wouldn't last longer than a hamper from Peking, which I told him he'd jolly soon find out but there's nothing so obstinate as the chinese nation and if she'd asked him for his pigtail i believe tinned cow would have chopped it off for her though he would not have dared to go home to his father after that till he'd grown a new one it seemed rather a horrid thing mathers said a christian girl to encourage a chap the color of parsnips not to mention his eyes which were like buttonholes but that was only because milly had chucked mathers and we all knew what she really was and as steggles said she'd have sacrificed her whole family for a new sort of lemon drop and of course when Tend cow found out how mad she was after sweets he wrote to china to his mother for the best sweets in Peking, which she sent but while he was waiting for them the chinese dog got homesick or something and bit the boot boy and was poisoned painlessly Still, Millie stuck to Tinned Cow and walked openly about the playing fields on match days with him. And silly grown-up women, little knowing the bitter truth, said it was just like Dr. Dunstan's dear little girl to encourage a poor lonely foreign kid. But we knew what she was encouraging him for well enough. In fact, Tinned Cow had translated part of his letter home to me, It was in Chinese characters, and went down the paper instead of along, and looked as if you'd dipped a grasshopper in ink and then put him out to dry. But his mother evidently understood, and sent such sweets as were never before sucked in England, since the Christian era very likely. And Tend Cow had also asked for one of his mother's precious rings for Millie. But this he didn't much expect her to send, and she didn't. So he bought Millie a ring from a proper ring shop with three weeks' pocket money, which, seeing that he had the huge sum of five bob a week, amounted to fifteen shillings, and it had a real precious stone in it, though no one, not even Gideon, exactly knew what. Anyway, Millie wore it at chapel and flashed it at tinned cow when the doctor had his back turned, saying the litany, and Blount said the flash of it was like a knife in his heart, which shows what a footling ass Blount was over this wretched girl i warned tinned cow all the same that he'd simply chucked fifteen bob away because she'd change again the moment his chinese sweets were finished and she never gave back presents when she changed as millbrook had found to his cost being an awfully rich chap who gave her a bracelet that cost one pound ten so he said and when she threw him over and wouldn't give it up millbrook who was certainly rich but a frightful hound went to the doctor so he got his bracelet and left soon afterwards and milly much to her horror was sent to a boarding school for a term or two but then old dunstan who is simply an infant in milly's hands gave way and let her come home again because she cried over a letter and splashed it with tears or more likely common water and told him that nobody in the world could teach her greek but him which shows the cunningness of her and many such-like things she did myself though i despise all girls i never hated one worse than this the best a girl can be at any time is harmless but milly dunstan was brimful of trickery and just because her eyes were accidentally blue thought she could score off everybody and everything not that she ever scored off me she knew that i barred her altogether and scorned me in consequence and called me master tompkins to make me waxy me being only about four months younger than her she got his mother's pet name for him out of tinned cow and called him by it in secret not that I ever heard it or wanted to, and she also gave out that anybody calling him tinned cow any more would be her enemy, and one or two chaps were feeble enough actually to stop. She utterly wrecked his character. Before, he'd been as keen as knives about sport and so on, and there is no doubt that he would have got into the second-footer team next term if Gregson Minor had passed his exam for the army.' But Millie Dunstan didn't care a straw about footer, though she understood cricket fairly well for a girl, and so Tinned Cow, like a fool, gave up all hope of getting on at footer, at which he promised to be some use, and went in like mad for cricket, at which he never could be any earthly good whatever." and that made another row because milly promised to walk twice round old dunstan's private garden with street the captain of the third eleven cricket if he'd give tend cow a trial in an unimportant match and street said right and they went during prep, and it happened that the doctor coming out of his greenhouse caught them, and Street got five hundred lines, which naturally made him in such a bait, thinking it was a trap, that he refused to try tinned cow for ever. I'm sure I did all I could, for though I lost any feeling for him since he let this girl sit on him, still I was his chum once, And I tried to save him, and asked him many many a time and oft why he let himself go dotty about a skimpy girl, and he said that it was her skimpiness he liked, for she put him in mind of his sister, only his sister was smaller and, of course, had squashed feet. To see a girl who can walk about seems to be a fearful treat to the Chinese, so what they let theirs all squish their feet for, the Lord knows.' Tend Cow confessed to me that Millie Dunstan was pretty sharp, and had been reading up all about China in one of the doctor's books. In fact, he confessed also that she knew a lot more about China in general than he did. And some things she liked, and some she hated, and especially the marriage customs she hated. And she told Tend Cow that unless he let her father marry them in a proper Christian church when the time came, it was off so he promised and he also promised though very reluctantly not to say a word about it to dr dunston until he got to be head of the sixth and the school but he knew that at the rate he was going he would never get there till he was at least fifty years old and sons of mandarins marry very early indeed in their own country so he said as soon as they like in fact so Cow promised about getting to the top of the sixth reluctantly. Then he took to working and swatting, yet all his swatting only got him into the lower fourth in three terms. Then, seeing what a lot it meant, getting into the sixth, and what a frightful hard thing it was, especially for a foreigner, to do it, Cow fell back upon the customs of his country, and his method of cribbing was certainly fine and new but they couldn't get him into the sixth let alone to the top of it and he tried still other chinese customs in an arithmetic exam and attempted to bribe mr thwaites with four weeks pocket money a pound in fact if he would arrange to let him get enough marks to go up a form of course everybody knew that Mr. Thwaites had a wife and hundreds of small children at Merivale and though a sixteenth wrangler in olden times was at present frightfully hard up. But what is a paltry pound to a sixteenth wrangler? Anyway, Mr. Thwaites raged with great fierceness and took tinned cow to the doctor and as the doctor hates strategy of this kind, he made it jolly hot for tinned cow and flogged him pretty badly i asked if it hurt being the first time the doctor had ever flogged him and he said the only thing that hurt was the horrid feeling that he'd offered too little to thwaites he said that in his country and especially among mandarins offering too little was almost as great a crime as offering too much and that he deserved to be flogged on the feet as well as elsewhere he said that his father was such a good judge of people that he always offered just the right sum and he felt certain that in the case of Thwaites, not a penny less than ten pounds ought to have been offered. It was the well-known hard-uppishness of Thwaites that made him think a pound would do. But now, seeing what a little way money seemed to go with a man, he felt about the only chap within reach of being bribed was the drill-sergeant, and of course he couldn't help Tend Cow to get into the sixth. Besides, the drill sergeant had fought in China in his early days, and he had a sort of warlike repugnance against tinned cow that would have taken at least several pounds to get over. So things went on until the arrival of the sweets from China, and they were all right, though Tinned Cow told me that Millie wasn't as keen about them as he expected, or at any rate she pretended not to be. The truth is that some of the very swaggerest Chinese sweets take nearly a lifetime thoroughly to like and by the time that milly began to feel the remarkable splendour of this sort she'd finished them however she was fairly just for her and didn't throw the beggar over before the taste of the last sweet was out of her mouth as you might have expected in fact she kept friendly for a matter of several weeks and then she began to get rather sick of his chinese ways so she said and cool off towards him even though in his despair he promised to become a christian and get her idols and fireworks and many other curiosities that probably wouldn't have been sent even if he'd written home for them but chinese chaps have quite different ideas to english chaps owing to their bringing up and things we utterly bar and consider caddish, such as sneaking, a Chinese chap will do freely without the least idea he is making a beast of himself. I didn't know this, or else I should never have allowed tinned cow to be my chum, but at last I discovered the fatal truth, and the worst of it was that he sneaked against my bitterest enemy, called Forrester, thinking that he was doing a right and proper thing towards me.' this chap forester i hated for many reasons but chiefly because he'd beaten me by about ten marks only in a scripture exam owing to knowing the names of the father and mother of moses which are not generally known i always had a fixed idea funnily enough that moses was the son of pharaoh's daughter and i said so and i added as a shot for shots often come off though they are dangerous that holy writ was quite silent concerning the father of moses and the doctor frightfully hates a shot that misses so i had to write out the whole business of moses fifty times till i was sick of the very name of the man whereas forrester won the prize well this forrester kept sardines in his desk and ate them freely during m michel's class but one tin already opened he forgot for several weeks to its getting hidden behind his paint-box and caterpillar cage and these sardines being rather doubtful of them when he found them again he gave to milly dunstan's persian kitten and tinned cow saw him do it while the kitten showed that Forrester was quite right to be doubtful about the sardines by dying it disappeared from that very hour and was believed to have gone next door to die as cats are generally very unwilling to die in their own homes and always go next door to do so curious to say and milly was in an awful bait when tend cow told her thinking it would please me whereas if anything could have made me get friends with forrester again it would have been to know he'd got this terrific score off milly Dunstan but her rage against forrester was pretty frightful especially she said because a boy whose strong point was scripture could have done this thing and she made Tend cow tell the doctor and such was his piffling weakness where she was concerned that he did but old dunstan who hated cats and did not mind the kitten going in the least said it was a case of circumstantial evidence whatever that is and the proofs of the cat's death were too slight seeing the body couldn't be found and also remembering a cat's power of eating sardines even when a bit off then he turned against ten cow and told him that the character of an informer ill became any pupil of Dunstan's, and that to try and undo a fellow student might be oriental but was far from english and so on all the words that you can find in dictionaries but nowhere else that i ever heard of which showed the doctor wasn't so keen about tend cow as he used to be and that was chiefly because tend cow's younger brother was not coming to be educated in england after all as dr dunstan had hoped but was going to germany instead anyway when it was found out that tend cow was a sneak by birth as you might say chaps naturally flung him over and Maynard refused to let the kid fag for him any more, and I, of course, told him that I was no longer his chum. He made a frightful fuss about this, and implored me to go on being his chum, and offered me a Chinese charm that had undoubtedly been the eye of a Buddhist idol in its time. But he was such an utter worm, and took such a Chinese view of things, that I had to refuse the charm and let him go.' he was frightfully down about it and slunk about in corners and offered to make kites for the smallest kids in the school simply that he might have somebody friendly to him then when i think he was beginning to change his mind about england being better than china the last straw came in the shape of a new boy called vernon vere a chap of a good age sixteen at least He was the nephew of a viscount or a marquis or some such person and he explained that with any luck he would be a marquis himself one day because his only brother though older having shaky lungs for which he was in the canary islands at that moment might pass away and lose his turn i heard what followed from corky minimus who was milly's spy and carrier for which he got a peach from the doctor's orchard house now and again in summer but only ones that fell off he told me that milly received no less than three letters from vernon vere before he'd been at merivale a month and the third she answered so we knew that tinned cow was done for and very soon he found it out himself and then he turned several shades yellower and moped in the gymnasium for hours together, and lost all hope of doing any good at work, and sank down to the bottom of the lower fourth, and spent all his spare time doing impositions. He went about like a dog that's frightened of being kicked, and many chaps did kick him out of sheer cheerfulness, because he seemed as if he only wanted a kick to complete the picture." then one day very civilly he asked freckles for his celebrated bowie knife that he goes bush ranging with on half holidays and freckles very kindly lent it after tend cow had promised not to cut anything harder than wood with it then tend cow thanked him and went into the gym saying that he only wanted to cut something soft he didn't come back and when the bell rang freckles and i he being rather anxious about his bowie knife went up to the gym to see what tinned cow was after. Suddenly, Freckles shouted out from the shower-bathroom, and hearing him yell, I rushed in. And there was the wretched, tinned cow in a most horrible mess. He'd taken off his shirt and given himself a dig in the ribs, or possibly two, and he was lying in a comfortable position, bleeding to death. At least so he hoped and he begged us earnestly to mind our own business and leave him to salute the world, as he said, without any bother. But we hooked it for Thwaites and Brown and Mannering, and they came and carried him in, and ruined their clothes with Chinese gore. Of course, we all thought Tinned Cow was booked, and Freckles, knowing the deadly sharpness of his knife, said the kid must kick to a certainty if he'd use the knife with proper care. Yet strange to relate, he didn't die, but lived, which seemed to show that the knife of freckles wasn't nearly such a fine one as he fancied, but he said that it only showed tinned cow had lost his nerve and funked what he was doing at the critical moment. Two mornings afterwards, Dr. Dunstan told us all about it after prayers. This unhappy Asiatic, he said this young celestial from the pagan fastnesses of his native land despite months not a few of tuition in this our manly and civilized atmosphere of merivale has relapsed upon the degraded and barbaric customs of a great but benighted country a proof of the natural cowardice and baseness of the human heart when unillumined by the light of christianity the vain folly which led him to his rash act is not for your ears. Let it suffice that Tin Lin Chow, in a fit of mental infirmity, not to say active insanity, sought to deliver himself from imaginary miseries by the act of self-destruction, the hari curry or happy dispatch, as we translate it, of the Chinese. Thanks to fear at the crucial moment or an ignorance of his own anatomy or as we should rather believe the direct interposition of a merciful providence that still has work for him to do Tin lin chow failed of his fearful project and is now out of danger for the rest i may inform you that your comrade when fit to travel will return to his native land and i can only hope and pray that the traditions of merivale its teaching and its tone will cleave to him and leave their mark upon his character of course the thing that was not for our ears was the reason why this little chinese idiot had tried to kill himself and that was because milly Dunstan and everybody else had chucked him but especially Millie. Anyway, his vitals healed up in a fortnight, and after six weeks or so had passed by, he was back at school again, but only for a few days. Then a ship sailed from London for China, and as Steggles very truly said, the only happy dispatch that Tinned Cow got was a dispatch back to his native land and probably he liked it better than England, when all was said and done, because the schools out there have got no sixth forms, so he told us. Therefore he'd be all right very likely, and live to thank his stars that he didn't kill himself after all. Though myself, I think he honestly tried, and the fault was in the knife. Still, after two such sickening failures, I mean Millie Dunstan and the attempt to harikari himself, I expect the kid won't ever want to make friends with girls again, or try to gash open his stomach, but just lead an ordinary sort of life without fuss like other people do. I made it up with him in a sort of way after his attempt to kill himself failed, and he explained to me how he ought to have done it, but the details were no use to me because I wouldn't do it myself for all the girls in the world. Then Tend Cow left, and he seemed sorry to go at the last moment and he promised to send me some chopsticks and some chrysanthemum and other flower seeds of beautiful plants knowing how frightfully keen i was about flowers and materials for bird's-nest soup and other interesting things but he never sent one of them and i never thought he would and didn't count upon it in the least because once back in his own country where everybody else tells lies from morning till night simply from the habit of centuries and centuries owing to china being the birthplace of civilization you couldn't expect the beggar to keep his word and i expect nobody in this country will ever hear of him again not that that matters but if ever I go to China, which I very likely shall do when I have time, I may look him up, I think, just to see if he got any good from coming over here, but I shouldn't think he really did. End of Story 12 End of The Human Boy Again by Eden Philpotts.